Bonjour, everyone out there. Welcome to Let Them Eat Takes, a sports podcast for the outrage era. My name is Jonathan. I live in Metro Atlanta. I'm here with my friends Justin, who lives. Hi. Hi, Justin. He lives uh, just outside of Atlanta in Athens, Georgia. And my third friend, Scott, coming come and joining us um, from the West Coast, three hours behind where it is high noon. How you doing, Scotty? Uh, Bongiorno, who's the second friend joining you? The second friend? Oh, <laughs> well, I said two, didn't I? But I said three. All good. Uh, whatever. We, st- we wanted to start this podcast uh, for two reasons. One, I've been wanting to do a sports podcast for a while because there are some outrageous takes out there on Twitter um, and especially on some of the major sports entertainment and sports networks. And while they do get called out by some intelligent people, we really wanted to have discussions about why some of these takes are just so bad um, regarding um, some of our favorite pastimes. Second reason is coronavirus, where Yay. at least Scott is legally mandated to stay inside his house. And so what better way to pass the time than to roast other people? John and I live in one of those stupid red states, you know, so we're just, it's just fair game. Go to Waffle House, go to Sports Clips, get your hair cut, have some waffle doused in your, waffle syrup doused in your hair, eat your waffle, get your hair cut. And, and, I, and I imagine get Corona at some point. But no right? sports. No sports. No sports. No sports. I haven't seen the sun in eight weeks. You live in California. You haven't seen the sun in eight weeks. I mean, it's been sunny. No. I just the you sun know. has to stay home too in California. Yeah. Uh, it's a sun in place order, actually. Sun in place. Yeah. Course. Governor Newsom said that <laughs> if Facebook can't make as much money as it wants, then the sun's not allowed to come out. Ooh. It's the law. Man, Coke should do that here in Georgia. Speaking of Coke and uh, other drugs that give you a lot of energy, right? Let's uh, switch over to 1980s Major League Baseball. Yes, Major League Baseball had a lot of things happen in the past 24 hours, didn't they? Yeah, the story broke last night as I was scrambling around online trying to find things to talk about. I was pleasantly surprised there is a lot to talk about. But one of the biggest headlines is that the MLB is considering a late return in July with an 82-game season. Pretty exciting stuff. I mean, off the top of my head, I love it, but that's just off the top of my head. I've been dying for baseball because I was already working from home before this, you know, pandemic happened. And I was looking forward to baseball because nothing sounded better to me than just having it on in the background while I right. you know, did work. And, you know, I can't even do that. We could watch replays, but, you know. Yeah, it's the perfect background sport. Let's be real. The thing that makes me the maddest is 82 games. It's a 162-game season. 81 is half. <laughs> Just do 81. Come on. Oh my gosh, you're totally right. Well, there's this article the ESPN put out where they put some of the writers on it. Let's see, they got Bradford Doolittle, Jesse Rogers, and David Schoenfield. In Hold the- on. Bradford Doolittle is not a real person. Yeah. <laughs> I, feel like, to- <laughs> I feel like he's 47 and has been 47 for 40 years. Yeah. So the. It's funny if they were, if you had a bingo board 
for uh, this article, the free space would be, well, if this was the case last year, the Washington Nationals would have been totally screwed seeing how they started 19 and 31. Okay. Here's my thing when, when I hear that, because I did see that on Twitter. Some of the people that I follow locally, some of the Braves beat reporters were kind of sounding off on it. And I don't remember which one said it. It might not have even been a Braves beat reporter. But, like, I hear you, but at the same time, everyone's going into the 82-game season on the same page. Like, uh, let me get everyone's attention, please. Don't start 19-31 and 31 because you're only playing 82 games. You you know this. Like, oh, well, you don't know how baseball works, John. Baseball, you need 50 games to get warmed up. I'm like, okay, I guess I'm an idiot, and we should just have 200-game seasons because it takes 50 games for those pitchers and those hitters, the hitters to really, you know, get dialed in. I don't know. That argument, I think, is stupid. Yeah, the only reason it takes people 50 games to get warmed up is because the regular season has 50 extra games you don't need. <laughs> That's why, why we, it takes 50 games to get warmed up. I mean, why do we even need spring practice in baseball if you just have a 50-game warm-up period? That just sounds like practice. Hilariously, all these all the spring training you like typically ease in you're like your big names, your stars, your vets, you know, you're easing them in. They're not going out there and like starting every game or no. playing really hard. But the people earning roster spots out there like killing it. They're trying to get as many at bats as possible. And how many times do you do you, does a season start and you hear this no name rookie just out of the gates just killing it? And then 30 or 40 games in, he's kind of cooled off. But I do think there's something to actually using spring training for what it's for what it's going for. to disney world yes for taking a disney mountain world. endlessly hey don't be biased against people that go to arizona and just sweat a lot <laughs> oh, do they have spring training games there too the cactus league hmm? i mean i don't know that they have a spring but they have a quote spring training they have, des- <laughs> they have desert training there's a tumbleweed thing that happens in the seventh inning Here's a here's a stat I got for you guys from this article. This is interesting. By 82 games in the season last year, there were 20 out of 30 teams in the MLB that were mathematically eligible for the playoffs. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's the kind of stuff that an 82 game season would actually do, right? Like you're going to have so many teams that could make the playoffs, right? If one guy gets injured for a month, that now changes the whole season in a way that it doesn't when you have a 162-game season where you have 50 extra bonus games that nobody cares about, right? Right. Um, So if – so the folks – um, like the like the – like how do you – how do I say this? The diehard baseball purists who scoff at an 82-game season – with their with their take on oh well this is just this wouldn't be real or this wouldn't be legitimate or it's unfair whatever would you say that's a good point or would you say that's kind of listen this was we were already needing to kind of shorten it a little bit just because sports as a product has kind of evolved and people aren't really going to pay attention to a 162 game season anymore do you yeah. understand what I'm asking? Yeah, I think I think it's a get off my lawn take. Mm. You know, like people 
I get that it's always been this sort of way. And baseball is a, a sport that's known for being slow to change things. You know, it is sort of the traditionalist's dream come true. But at the same time, you know, it the cream doesn't always rise to the crop. Excuse me. The cream doesn't always rise to the top, as one macho man, Randy Savage, once said. And I don't know. I think you're not going to ruin the integrity game by just shortening the season. You're just trimming off some fat. Yeah. And while we're on tradition, right. Um, a lot of people get real pissed. when you start talking about adding the DH to the Ooh. national league. Ooh. Some people are still pissed. The AL has the, the DH, right? No, there's, are there really still people upset that the AL has the DH? Yeah. They're upset that the two leagues don't have the same rules and they're upset that, ALs just home runs and strikeouts and no strategy and double switches and triple switches no and quadruple pitcher time. flips. And, you know, if my eighth reliever doesn't play right field for an inning, there's no strategy. <laughs> I want everyone who's listening to just who does watch baseball on television or even on the radio. If you are watching a national league game, do you not, do you not go to the bathroom or go get a snack or go to the fridge when the pitcher's up the bat and he's the last out of the inning. I do. I change the channel. I change the channel. I go to the bathroom. I go get a snack. Cause like that's an out. And do you not just assume that your pitcher, your home pitcher is going to get that pitcher out. And so you're like, okay, this inning's over. Oh, next thing. Yeah. Let's clear the pitcher. We just want to clear the pitcher this inning. Uh, it, it's an extra point in football, right? It's a give me. You just walk away. Nobody's paying attention. The exception, of course, is Bartolo Colon, who <laughs> might hit a home run, but will probably fall over instead. <laughs> I don't think, yeah, I mean, you could combine all the good, well, the, the pitchers who hit well and the pitchers who are just funny to watch hit, and I don't think there's enough <laughs> to you remember really make it interesting. Yeah, he <laughs> was play. What do you think that guy's thinking? He's probably thinking, man, I'm so big. Maybe this baseball just hit me, and I can just get on base for free. Like if you're the other pitcher, you're like, dang it, don't hit CC. That's the Whatever. big. That's and that's why CC played. He was a big American fan. League his whole career. You don't have to worry about that. And then yeah. he has to run the bases. <laughs> it's always funny because now they uh, for a while there was like interleague was happening in the middle of the season, and now I don't know what year they started. It was like inter a peppering, if you will, of interleague games throughout the year. And so every now and again, you get the nice AL matchup in the National League Park, and you have to watch the AL pitcher who's like, what? i got to go do this thing? I feel bad for them. I really do. Like, I know that no one cares. No one cares. We just want you to pitch well, but go go hold this bat and try not to get hurt. <laughs> and the, the current setup, right, they're still planning on doing uh, three big divisions, right, like a central, an east, and a west. That was the last I saw. So there's oh, no they would, they no would. American League and no National League. So what that means is they have to figure out what to do with the DH for this year. So the proposal has been to just have everybody do the DH and be on the same page. How would the now, All-Star game work out? I don't know. I guess like every other All-Star game. Hey, we're both playing with the same rules. Welcome to every other What league. if each division had their own team and we have the first time we have three teams playing the same game of baseball? Oh, that's what you mean. You meant for the YouTube thing. 
Yeah, maybe there won't be an all-star game. There's no all-star game break. This is your break. Hey, Scott, this is the one that matters. You can't just nix the MLB all-star game. It matters, Scott. It determines World Series home field advantage. Yeah, thanks for reminding me. Fans determine home field advantage. The, this is the good. best part about the, the DH thing, right, is the, the MLB is, is trying to push it through, which I'm all for. Uh, but they're trying to push it through saying, oh, this is for pitcher safety reasons, right? Oh, we, we make sure that, uh, you know, we don't want the pitchers out there getting themselves hurt. We just focus on pitching, you know, it, it's for player safety, uh, which, yeah, obviously is a load of crap because if hitting for 82 games is a safety issue, then why isn't hitting for 162 games a safety issue? Call me crazy. That is ridiculous. Does anyone ever really believe when maybe I'm a fan? I'm too much of a fan to believe that these GMs or higher ups really even care about the health and safety. No. What manager has not told a pitcher to lean into, you know, over the strike zone and hopefully get hit, you Nick, so you can just get on base because they know they're not going to hit their way out of that situation. They probably, and some of these. <laughs> you know, I know it happens. I'm sure it happens at like little league level too, where like little Johnny, <laughs> little Johnny's up at a tough spot. You know, little Johnny ain't got it. And so you're like, all right, little Johnny, what are you going to do? It's going to hurt a little. Pop that elbow out or lean in just a bit. Here you go. Here you go, little Johnny. It's one of those uh, fancy elbow pads Barry Bonds uses. You just put this bad boy on and put your bionic arm out over their plate. I did think his elbow pad was entirely too large. Like, that's totally not going to know that. The Barry Bonds rabbit trail. It was a big elbow pad, though. Mm-mm-mm. I did come across a somewhat interesting um, thing where, uh, in the same, I guess, in the same, along with conversation about the 82 game season, came um, some discussion on, like, profit sharing which i don't really care about too much other than to say i do think it's funny i the, the reason i want to bring it up is because I did, I did i did think this take was funny that i saw on twitter um <laughs> they were saying it's a 50 50 profit sharing so 50 percent goes to the to the owners or the league and then 50 percent to the players and then <laughs> somebody tweeted why can't they do 45-45 and give 10% to the fans and just give us, like, discounted concessions or something? <laughs> and I was like, I thought they were going to play not in front of fans for a while. <laughs> Isn't that the whole thing? Or are they, like, slowly easing it back in? Oh, man, it was hilarious. <laughs> 45-45, 10% of the fans. Like, I'm before that in every league. Like, I'm a Braves fan. Can I have 10% of the profits, please? Yeah, I've been to baseball games. I'm pretty sure I'm, I net profited going from because you pay, like, you know, $2 for a nosebleed, and they give you, like, oh, here's a commemorative foam tomahawk. Or here's, like, you know, a bobblehead that you can flip on eBay later for $25. Dude, you totally can flip those bobbleheads. Oh, for sure. All kinds of promo items. I found out that uh, if you're a season ticket holder, I'm sure this applies to you. Um, every uh, baseball team. If you're a season ticket holder, they automatically set aside the promo items for you. Um, and you just have to, even if, so even if you don't go to the game, you can just go to the, the little season ticket holder office and claim your item. Oh, yeah. Um, 
And so you don't even have, which is kind of like, if you're into that collection thing, it's kind of like, oof, don't have to stress. Just show up to the game whenever you want. You know, you're getting the bobblehead or the cap or the shirt or whatever. I'll tell you what was a riot was when the Braves did Stranger Things night last year. Oh, man. Are you, okay, here's why it's a riot. Justin would like you to know that I thought Stranger Things night was, hey, show up at the park early enough, you're going to get a commemorative Stranger Things flat bill hat, and it's going to be awesome. So my dumbass so, shows up wait, at the is park. This a, is this a Dustin-style hat? Oh, yeah. Is that what we're talking about? Okay. I mean, I don't think it's Dustin in that. It's it was a like Hawkins. Two-tone. It said like Hawkins something on it. It wasn't two-tone like Dustin's hats are. It was just like one single color. But it was, it was flat. Blue. It was flat. Yeah. So it was like a Hawkins police hat or just Hawkins high school baseball. Hawkins high school baseball. Okay. Okay. All right. So I show up early thinking, ooh, I'm gonna get this promo item. I'm gonna get this promo. I make Ashley, my wife, come with me. Like we're getting here early. I don't care how hot it is. It's like the dog days of summer where it's like so hot, like like I was sweating after my shower hot. And so oh, we show wait. up. How hot are we talking, John? Atlanta, Georgia in the summer. How hot? It's ungodly. I travel a lot for work. Let me tell you something. There's nothing hotter than being in Atlanta, Georgia, like during the summer. It, the humidity, the, the heat. Now, we have a lot of air conditioning that's more ready available than other parts of the world. But holy crap, it is so hot outside. I'll show up. I mean, you know where this is going. I did not get the hat because turns out you had to go to the special web page to buy the special ticket package for the Stranger Things. Uh, it was called the Stranger Things Ticket Package Night Evening Thing. And so I'm walking through the, the concourse without any Stranger Things gear. And here comes Justin and another friend walking up with his Stranger Things hat. And I was like, how did you get that? He's like, oh, you didn't get the ticket package? <laughs> I, oh my God. So much disappointment. I just wanted, I didn't even want to watch the game. I just wanted to leave. It was kind of kind of crappy on the the Braves part because it, the the ticket package was buried under several links on their website. You know, they were definitely just using to get people. They didn't have enough hats for everybody, but they were definitely trying to honeypot it out to people. Mm-hmm. The thing that got me about that night, one of about Atlanta, Georgia, for people who are um, maybe not from Georgia or Atlanta area who are listening to this, nobody calls it Hot Atlanta ever because it's always hot. That's the very good point. Yeah. What's the... yeah. Hot's a given. You already said Atlanta. <laughs> right. I mean, imagine if they called uh, Salt Lake City just like Dry Town, USA. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <that's... laughs> anyway, the thing that got me about that night was there were so many kids standing in line for new Coke. Like they were handing out these Coca-Cola's, handing out these, you know, commemorative cans of new Coke, you know, was, the recipe that was nobody liked. The... Sorry, was this the Otis Nixon bobblehead night? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think I should have gotten got one of those for the amount of time I stood in line for New Coke. <laughs> oh my gosh! Which, by the way, is totally disappointing. I think that's why. And also not it. new, so basically <laughs> yeah. it just sucks. Just old, nasty Coke. Then they switch. Of they obviously like, switch it back, right? Oh yeah. I'm assuming those were at least actually like produced or manufactured or made or whatever in a recent year, right? That wasn't oh, yeah. just cans they had sitting around from I mean, the 80s. I mean, I guess it could have been. I don't know. You never Cause, know. 
Coke I is tell in you Atlanta. That. They probably have a warehouse somewhere where they got that stuff stored. Because, you know, John, you know this, right? Uh, that uh, Mountain Dew Halo game fuel, that stuff lasts at least like 10 years. Uh, it Man, lasts we got some on Amazon years. like a decade after they stopped, and it was still good. If you need you some game fuel, and I'm not talking like the new Mountain Dew one where they like, it's not Halo branded, but like, like Halo branded game fuel, you can find it, I believe, on Amazon or eBay still. Yeah, you now, can buy a 20 inch. Five 20. or six years ago, it was 10 years old. So I don't even know if you want to mess with it. I'm seeing some that's listed on eBay for $60 for a 20 ounce. There's no way. There's no way. It's I think it'll make drinkable. you sick. I, I'm not saying it'll make first you sick. fermented Mountain Dew. I'm it's not saying, new. New condition. Do... No returns. <laughs> but backed by eBay money. <laughs> Listen, you can genuinely hey, not like this. eBay headquarters is like, half mile down the street from me so i'll walk over there and i'll ask him about it tomorrow. oh oh hold on a second we have a lead a one lead no, excuse me a two liter new unopened from 2007 limited edition one bid four days four hours left on it five dollars and 90 cents you guys want to go in on it I actually for five dollars for ten dollars if you you put ten dollars in it the, the bottle looks cr- pretty crinkly the master chief's face looks like it's melting <laughs> It's very, still very bright, very orange. It sounds like a steal, right? If nothing else, we could just resell it for more money. Nothing right. else, you can. It's like Bitcoin. Never open it and just put it on a shelf, and it's cool memorabilia. True, true. And then you accidentally, in 10, 10 years, bump it while you're trying to move or something, and you get thing dissolves. Game fuel lands on like your bed, and it starts burning a hole through the sheets. You're like, oh. <laughs> Well, I didn't drink that. I did hear a little bit of, or not here. I did see that uh, we had some, some, some movement, or not some movement, some conversations about <clears throat> whether or not college football was going to happen. Oh yeah, this fall. I've always been under the impression that it was going to happen, and because I, I know one thing, more, <laughs> one, <laughs> there's one thing is that these colleges and the NCAA they like money. Oh, yeah. Hold on. Wait a minute. Run that back. Yeah, they like money. And they're not they also like paying, not making money. They like paying their labor force, too, don't they? They pay very well. They pay uh, them in that house, house money. They're like, oh, you got 142 Chuck E. Cheese tokens. You you, <laughs> you got yourself 100 Chuck E. Cheese tokens. You got yourself all this Nike swag. Plus, we gave you a degree in housing from the University of Tennessee. How do you like that? They can they can take that to Wells Fargo and deposit that, right? No. <laughs> um, what do you guys think? You think? Well, what do you think about these people that that say? Because uh, apparently, it came out that the ads are all kind of not worried about it. Yeah, uh, there was another article I found from Forbes where they basically said there's most schools and universities in the United States can't be financially solvent without sports especially your smaller schools and you know money is always the loudest talker in the room so i would say the shoe fits yeah. oh, that was the right way to put it as it even if it's not smart for there to be a college football season or it's not going to be fun or exciting for anyone involved it will happen in some shape or form 
There's uh, some big TV contracts that have to be fulfilled yeah. in order for these programs to stay alive, right? And so that's, yeah, the financial side will be the driving force. Do you think they'd ever be, uh, excuse me, do you think there would be a situation where they play games with like no fans, limited number of fans, that kind there's of been, thing? There's been discussions of it. I know here in Athens, the university here was talking about trying to implement social distancing, you know, so, so good, but good luck getting people to, you know, comply when they're already, you know. They can't get people to comply to the current rules. Three look, deep in Crown Royals and Coke. Instead of 100,000 drunk fans, we're going to limit it to 30,000 drunk fans, and we're just going to tell them to all not touch each other, and it's totally going to work out. <laughs> they could yeah, do what the Atlanta Falcons did famously and just pump fake crowd noise. From the PA. <laughs> I didn't know that's where you were going. I thought you were going to say they could do what the Falcons did and just be bad and uninspiring. And then the fans yeah. just say, I'm not going to this. <laughs> wow, this is so. Like, I can save $250. <laughs> we'll go to six flags. There's one way to limit attendance. Okay. <laughs> that's one way to do it. So, and I know for a lot of the schools, uh, you know, the money coming in, coming in uh, for TV money and stuff like that it's a bigger portion than the ticket portion, right? Oh yeah. Usually. Yeah. Usually, you know, well over half or at least the ticket money is less than half. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So they'll take a hit on ticket sales when you're limiting it to a, you know, 25% capacity or a third or whatever. Right. Uh, but they'll make it happen. And there's lots of ways that you could make it happen safely. The question whether or not they will make it happen safely uh, remains TBD. And I shook my magic eight ball and it said, not likely. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I don't. I do think it's funny that they pretend like there's a safe way. Or let me start that over. I think it's funny they pretend that like a regular college football game is safe. Does that make sense? Like... Sure. If you walk in the correct entrance to the stadium and don't turn certain into certain sections, I guess you're relatively safe. But like you said, there are a lot of really drunk, really dumb people at a lot of these college football oh, games. Oh, yeah. The, the le- some of the least family-friendly environments I've ever been to in sports have been at college football games. For sure. I think. I mean, I think if they're even debating about it, they just like play, just go with no fans and pump crowd noise in. Yeah, I was watching mannequins. one of the. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I was watching one of the Korean baseball games this morning. Because that's, really, it's like yeah, man. ESPN. I had, I had no idea they were doing that. Korean baseball game. They have these cardboard cutout people behind home plate. I'm not messing around. Yeah, and, go Dinos, baby. Yeah, and crowd noise being pumped in, a la Falcons. Um, I watched a guy fly out to right. And I said, this is live sports. <laughs> I haven't seen live sports in six or seven weeks. I wish they would do CGI fans. You could get so much more creative. You would have if to. Only, if only George Lucas up. was the commissioner. He'd help you out. If George Lucas were the commissioner, he'd want to he'd want a, a rotoscope out the batter and put <laughs> in like a like a damn tauntaun in there. Be like, this is better. This is better. 
Just that, just wait till the 2030 10 year edition comes out, right? You'll have all kinds of CGI fans and the bats will be made of lightsabers. That's the special this is the special uh baseball league, the special edition of the baseball season. You can order that when the season's complete where all bats are replaced with lightsabers. And all the all the baseballs are the tiny little training spheres that, that Luke gets zapped in the leg with. <laughs> I don't even know what those are called. I'm sure they have a real name, and I'm sure there's an entire novel devoted to their existence. Why isn't this a thing right now? Why isn't anyone taking, like, our most memorable games of baseball and just, you know, digitally remastering them George Lucas style? Like, just throw Boba Fett out on the court, you know, jetpacking into the, the rim. Anytime, like, if you show, like, an old, like, finals game where, like, um, somebody's going up for a dunk, it's just Boba Fett with a jetpack going up right? and yeah, slam dunking. It fits so seamlessly, right? You know, jetpacking up for the big block. Manager comes out, tapping that wrist, give me the righty, goes straight to Boba Fett, doing a little wrist action, shooting his little whatever it is. Salacious his crumb. Salacious, Salacious crumb, that little weasel alien that sits by Jabba the Hutt doing play-by-play. Sounds <laughs> 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 I didn't know his name was Salacious Crumb. Salacious B. Crumb to you. Yeah. Got a middle initial. He's he's dignified, y'all. He's dignified. Oh my god, it's Job of the Hut out there doing his best Bartolo Cologne impression. If you think the prequels have too much backstory, just like you know, take a deep dive on any Star Wars website and see all the, you know, the reference facts. You know, this goes back to books, comics, toys, whatever. Take a screenshot of any time nothing is happening and there's a lot of people or characters on screen and then just go find the 20th most important character on a throwaway transition shot and they probably have a novel. Yeah, truly. Here's here's an interesting, going back to... uh, the college football season here was an interesting this wasn't really a take it was more like a question to come out of the big 12 um i think it was i think they got texas tech athletic director kirby hocut raises question it's like what do you do if different regions are experiencing this pandemic differently in the fall you know the northeast probably down and out for a little while but you have you know other parts of the country you know like the southeast and certainly out west where people are a little more spread out you know they're not really it's not really, you know, Nebraska is not really a prime place to vector, you know, coronavirus, novel coronavirus. So the question is, like, what do we do if the the amount of involvement that a school can pledge to a season is going to be different from school to school? Well, for starters, you're probably down to four power four conferences, right? The Pac-12 might just sit this one out. It's just a different atmosphere, right? I thought the Pac-12 has set out the last four or five college football seasons, though. Uh, Yeah, so those were unofficial (laughs) sit-outs. This one is going to be You could say they took a normal. (laughs) Yeah, so this year they might take a knee for the entire season to honor our frontline service workers, etc. I think it was last year that they had put forth some legislation to 
cap all coaching salaries at $1 million, I think. Um, Does that include the head coach? Yes. I don't. Is that right? Yeah. They, I don't believe it passed, okay. but somebody was saying like, Hey, this is a, a state employee. These salaries are just out of control. Right. Um, but, okay. And there's so, a, there's an argument to be had there. Right. But we'll skip past that for right now. Cause we're just talking about would they be competing or not? Um, and yeah, last year, one, a lot of people wanted to basically never compete again in major football by capping coaching salaries at a million dollars. Right. Yeah, Look at that the, would effectively do that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at the SEC, at ACC, you know, Big Ten. You have a lot of coordinators making a million dollars a year. Um, all of the coaches the average fan can name are making north of five or six million dollars a year. So, yeah, you cannot live in L.A. Um, and go as far on one million dollars in L.A. as you can go on six million dollars in Starkville these are not comparable economics whatsoever. Right. So that combined with the West coast being a little bit more uh, aggressive on how quickly they shut things down and probably a little bit more conservative on how long things will shut down and just the general not caring so much about football. Yeah. I think there's a legitimate chance that the, Pac-12 just kind of punts. I mean, I know, was it Oregon has already said that they won't start playing games until like three or four or five weeks into what the season would be? I think they've kind of, at least informally, already said they're not playing a whole season, that kind of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, mostly nobody out here cares about college football. And there's not as much money in it. The Pac-12 has a super crap TV uh, contract. Right, because it's all this Pac-12 at dark or whatever, you know, midnight games. And the Pac-12 after dark is incredibly fun. The problem is they're not getting paid that much money for it. They're doing right. it for free. Us East Coasters are, you know, we're, 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 we're going to bed. We got to get up, go to church tomorrow morning, you know, and not <laughs> pretend like we're not hungover. From. Gotta go to church tomorrow morning and complain about that third nine draw call. <laughs> damn it, Bobo. Run the damn ball, Bobo. I just don't understand why they didn't throw it to him at the end of the game. He was hot all game. I don't uh, understand. Now I have to sit there in my head thinking like, well, that's because he was running for his life. But we'll pretend it was because he decided, you know what? Running is better now. I will do that. Here's my... I. I I, here's I do have a take on this one. I don't know if it's you know it, I don't know if we should be giving takes on the shows, but I do. You <laughs> I, know, I, we should be listen, I, so there's one thing I want is I always want your take. All right, here's my take. Let them eat takes. All right, here's a take. Uh, I think for one year only, I think college the NCAA should just suspend the playoff format. And we can go back to a bowl system, and then we vote on who the national championship. At the end of the year, like the olden days, back when the power eye was considered to be revolutionary. I mean, yeah. All right, folks. We got our first red velvet <laughs> take. That is a take with deep south flavors, and it just feels like an SEC coach or AD is the one that said it. No, I can I can I hear and I can smell the deep southness of that take. Because 
the only an SEC coach would be just drooling at the, the the opportunity to play a season where things will be voted on again, and they don't, you know. Hopefully, people are actually watching the games and voting. Oh yeah, because if I guess from an SEC coach, they wouldn't do that, you know, for for the sake of recruiting. Because the big pitch to kids nowadays is you play in the biggest games on television, you know. And suspending the playoff format is going to hurt TV. But if you're just trying to get, you know, another banister, another you know, flag for your stadium, you know, all you have to do is win out your conference schedule. And the committee will be like, yeah, I guess it's, I guess it's Alabama. I guess it's LSU. <laughs> like, I guess it's them. Who cares that Clemson went, you know, twelve and zero in the ACC again? <laughs> God, can you hear Dabo Swinney whining already? Yeah, you can just feel him already being like angry about he it. He doesn't even need people to say anything for him to think that they're being painted as the underdog nobody wants a little old clemson there we're just a little school out in south carolina we that's ain't not got... true at all i definitely <laughs> wanted clemson there i wanted them to beat all these teams i don't like <laughs> i he, he has to drop that act eventually no one's buying it anymore right i i, I the, the act for me I, i'm tired of it but i do appreciate that clemson tends to beat all the teams i don't like so for that i am grateful the the thing with the act justin is it doesn't get as old for the players because they're only there for like three years. Uh, yeah, so it gets old to everybody that's been watching the same sport for years and years and decades. And you know, it's just being obnoxious, but that's just all the internal messaging that the players get. Yeah. He failed to mention that Clemson was the 100% unanimous pick to win the ACC before the season in the middle of the season at like every day of the week. Well, well, geez, they should be unanimous pick to win the ACC in 2024. <laughs> yeah, just... pretty much. There's nobody else. I mean, maybe somebody else will be functional by 2024. But I don't know. Those those tech fans, they really like Jeff Collins. Just wait, man. They're going to win like seven games one day. And people are going to freak out. Oh, no. Like, oh, my God. And we got Waffle House. Yeah, man. We're doing it for the 404. Seven and six for the 404. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. Clemson, their only real competition, if, if, if Florida State can figure out how to unscrew up their situation. Oof. or But I do think, isn't wasn't, um, Mac Brown's North Carolina on the rise a little bit? They gave yeah. Clemson a scare. No, I mean, they definitely look like they're trending in the right direction, right? Like, they've been recruiting well. They've got some excitement, uh, a.k.a. booster money coming mm-hmm. into the program. And we know that Mac is at least, you know, has had good teams before. They have a good young freshman quarterback. But also a Mac Brown North Carolina team is not like a potential 10-year dynasty team, right? They'll be hot for two or three years, and then he'll retire or they'll get some sanctions or something, and then they'll be back to caring about basketball only. (laughs) If you didn't have sanctions, you didn't do it right. That's true. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Truly. That's kind of true. Speaking of trying, it's not really cheating. Speaking but, uh, of cheating. Sp- <laughs> speaking of cheating. Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds, everybody. Have you seen his forearms? <laughs> he cheated so much he grew elbow pads. <laughs> <laughs> what if the elbow pad was just like, you know, something to cover up the massive growth on his elbows? 
or just I, you know, I always thought that it was actually like the injection system, right? And it was just loaded with the, like know, the was, cream and the clear. And like it was he just was like he was wearing he was like bane. a like a bane armor. I was about to say that. <laughs> Isn't like a bane armor? Exactly, exactly what it was. <laughs> he presses a little button as he's on deck. It's like mm-hmm. just like a little noise that only he can hear, and it starts pumping like. Oof. Yeah, he just he's just over there looking at you know. Um, all the other guys doing steroids, and he's like, "You just adopted the steroids. I was born in it, molded by, by the, it." By the time I hit puberty, I was already a man. <laughs> uh, well, my okay. So since beer bonds has come up again, I will give you my steroids take because we're on the topic. I have this very—I've never heard anyone else say this, but I just did. I, it's not that I didn't care. I cared in that. It, yes, sure, unfair advantage. Yes, I care. But at the same time, just can we just like make some of it okay? <laughs> like, like they always like, oh, the health of the players. I'm like, yeah, but over here, like the most popular league in the U.S. is the NFL. They don't care about the health of the players. You know, you know the drama with all the concussions that were happening, like and the cover-ups of the concussion and this, or covering up the science behind all that. And it's just like they don't care. Like what? What are we doing? I th- I feel like Major League Baseball teams should be able to like trade chemists. You know, like ooh, Seattle's got a great chemist this year. They're going to trade him to the Yankees, and the Yankees got the new chemist on the block, and he's got like a good. Like I don't know. I just thought it was all a little ridiculous. Yeah, hot take: the NFL actually started funneling steroids into baseball, so that nobody noticed that the NFL was actually the dangerous sport. Ooh, that is a hot take. Since it's conspiracy theory season these days. Also, 5G causes steroids. 5G, uh, yes. Uh, those cell phone towers cause steroids. <laughs> the, uh, uh, sort of, so to put a little cherry on top of my take, um, I am pro steroids as long as everyone gets to use them. Well, what about the PPs, John? Listen, that's your decision. <laughs> Jonathan, Jonathan. You want to sign on this dotted line? The PPs. You want to sign Jonathan. You want to sign on this dotted line? And make millions of money and be famous and win championships. Okay, you're gonna have a small pee pee. Like you don't get to have it all in life sometimes. I know that. You know that. Football players know that. They say you, you know you want to go make a lot of money playing football. Like don't mess around and get a concussion because that you know get hit. It's, the yeah, it's true. It's serious business. Yeah. You take a risk. I take a risk getting like, on, you- on the interstate sometimes. Like you know. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to win a Super Bowl or do you want to be able to walk when you're 45? You can't have them both. You can't have both. <laughs> I don't believe what I just. <laughs> I, I can't believe Jonathan. What... Jonathan. Too far. <laughs> think about the... Jonathan. Think about the peepees, man. Do it for peepees. There's one thing you know about me is I'm thinking about peepees constantly. So, Jonathan, think about the kids. <laughs> think yeah, about the wives of these kids. players. The wives or the lives? Yeah, the wives. <laughs> I mean, just think about Mark McGuire's poor wife. Just... She's like, yeah, he's got, you know, thighs in, that are about this, you know, thighs and forearms and biceps that are as big around as, you know, a, a regular grown man's torso. He's got, <laughs> a tiny, he's got a tiny pee-pee. So, all right, let's go to this hypothetical where steroids are illegal and... You say legal or illegal? I said illegal, but okay. I meant legal. Okay. So let's go. Steroids totally legal. Teams are really pumping money into their chemistry departments. You know, screw analytics. We're talking steroids, right? Mm-hmm. 
So you got these big, rich, famous, you know, Mark McGuire, right? All thighs, no nuts, body types going on now, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. When they go to get married, what goes into this prenup? Is it like their wife can divorce them if their penis gets too small? Sorry, their wife can divorce them if their PP gets too small? Yeah, thank okay. you. This is a Got to keep pie. it, yeah. Got to keep it family friendly here. Family friendly. You cannot say that. You must say PP. So yeah, is like PP size and like PP steroid shrinkage is that now included in prenups? I'm no no lawyer, but I do feel like you can put pretty much anything you want in a prenup. Um, So if they felt that strongly, I will say like it does give, um, you know, the partner uh, some. You know, when they find out they're dating or want to date a professional athlete, it goes like gives them at least something in the con column you know (laughs) they're doing their their swat analysis you know where is the threat to this hmm a lot of good things but man this could definitely be a reality (laughs) you know at least you know which players really really love baseball if they're you know willing to sacrifice their social lives just so they can you know hit 90 home runs a year and and to bring it full circle circle I would definitely tune in every night to watch somebody hit five home runs a game. Like, I'm sorry. I definitely was. You, you finished the year with 90 home runs in 82 games. That's entertainment. But here's the thing. I think steroids is going to be like just square one in the baseball arms race if we're going to let any kind of, you know, physical augmentation legal in the sport, I think. Maybe in the year 2032, we're going to see, you know, Tom Brady will have transferred his consciousness and essence into some, you know, a cloned, you know, body or, you know, maybe some cybernetic shell of a football player, you know. Or do like the altered carbon thing, if you've ever seen a little bit of that show where they just. Yeah, he's 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 going to get sleeved right into a brand new body. Such a good name, sleeved. Mm. Who's to say he hasn't already been sleeved into a new body? Who's to say? Who's to say? Who's to say? Speaking of prenup agreements, I think uh, one of you had something about uh, Jake, the Jake Cutler fiasco. Speaking of prenups. <laughs> speaking of prenups. Wait, I just, did he have a prenup? I don't know. That's a great question. <laughs> I found out from my wife, Ashley, that <clears throat> Christian Cavalier was divorcing that football player guy. Now, said, was, it, was it because of PP shrinkage? Mm, with him i don't know i don't know she okay i will say she did provide uh, ashley did text me a few possible reasons why based on her buzzfeed research so you know it's thorough and well vetted what i'm about to deliver to you but um chrissy gavalieri of um, laguna beach and the hills fame if you're uh we're watching mtv circuit the early 2000s you would you would know this name she married Jay Cutler, the, I guess he's retired now, retired NFL quarterback. <laughs> and um, you were watching JP Sports noon kickoffs circa early 2000s. You would know that name. <laughs> if you're watching Jefferson <laughs> Pilot and for some reason we're rooting for Vandy, you were tuning in to anchor down and watch Jay Cutler. Now he was like, you know, he could sling it around, but I always felt Jay Cutler was a little, you know, like, I don't know. Well, I'll just let Kristen put it this way. She said, According to, to my wife's uh, take on it, it's like, yeah, he's just kind of at the house all the time, just kind of piddling around, <laughs> just kind of a little bit, uh, a lot of ennui, just kind of 
boring, if you will. These aren't direct quotes from Kristen, but this is what I got. I believe she said, um, here, I'll give you the direct quote. <laughs> a lot of people think it was a role reversal issue where Jay was now not really working and Kristen, who had her own business in Nashville, um, was doing all the work. And so there was just a lot of tension regarding that role reversal. Um, <clears throat> the reason I wanted to bring it up, though, is because this is outstanding. So she posts, Kristen Cavalier posts on Instagram this very um, moderate, not moderate, um, what's it called? Graceful take on their divorce. Like, hey, we, we've come to a loving conclusion and we're going to get a divorce and we have nothing but love and respect. And then I see something from the New York Post, not the New York Post. Um, um, I don't even know where I saw it. I got the screen cap from Twitter. Um, NNR, whoever NNR is. Uh, but this bro was quoted as saying, "This is not, he says, after filing for divorce with Kristen Cavallari, um, the, the former Chicago Bears quarterback, um, or she wanted the former Chicago Bears quarterback to give her $5 million so she could buy a mansion. <laughs> his response to all of this was to freeze all his bank accounts so she couldn't access the money and told her to, quote, get a job. <laughs> <laughs> Which is outstanding for so many reasons. Because as I just told you, she was the one working. <laughs> <laughs> and I get it. He made a lot of money in the NFL. They probably used a lot of that money when they were living together. But it's not like she wasn't doing anything beforehand. <laughs> she was on TV while he was in college. <laughs> you know? I mean, I'm just putting myself in Kristen Cavallari's shoes and thinking, here's this guy, you know, who his last job was holding the clipboard for the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> yeah. You know, He's got maybe has a little bit of pee pee shrinkage, you know. <laughs> he's just got all the only thing he has right now going in life is you know some fantastically gelled hair and maybe some love handles. I think he already had those when he was playing. the The next gut punch came when um, <clears throat> this is TMZ reporting, so you know, oof, you know, this is straight facts. TMZ when TMZ reports, you can trust it, baby. So TMZ reports that Cavalier was surprised to find that Cutler was the first to file for divorce and also surprised that in that divorce petition, he claimed he was the at-home parent who was the primary caretaker of their kids. <laughs> so I don't know, but if it seems to me that you can't have it both ways. <laughs> you can't be that's mad. That's some sneaky stuff. You can't be mad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't be mad that like, Hey, I'm the one making the money and, or no, hey, I'm the one staying home with the kids. Like, well, which one is it, Jay? <laughs> the, the thing about this, the funniest to me is now that he's retired, she's mad that he's sitting around at home being lazy and retired. But you know he's retired. And the knock on Jay Cutler for 20 years has it's been a, that he's lazy. And lazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is part of the Jay Cutler experience, lady. This is who you married. Did she yeah. know who Jay Cutler was? You Have you met Jay Cutler? Let me introduce you to this former uh, Commodore quarterback. The Denver Broncos fans are like, been there, done that, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> been there, done that. He's got a little pee pee. It should be noted that they have been on. T- they have a reality show about their their life, quote unquote, that um, called Very Cavalry, and uh, he shows up in that reality show. So there's another another reality show that ends the marriage. Yeah, I mean, since there's no actual professional sports being played um, outside of God's baseball league in Korea, of course, mm-hmm. you know, the, there's only two ways to get in the sports news cycle right now. I guess three ways. One, have a big, messy divorce and or Earl Thomas situation. Um, or you can have some sort of major league-wide argument about, like, should we forfeit half of our workforce to die so that we can keep our TV money um, and then probably three is air a big documentary that you have final say on all the editing that can make you look great. So that's pretty much the three ways to do it right now, I think. That's true. Speaking of documentaries, have you guys been watching a uh, million dollar question? Have you watched uh, The Last Dance? Oh, the only new sports content whatsoever? Right. The only thing. The only new old sports content? Yes, the, it's the oldest new, wait, the newest old sports content. It's kind of new and it's kind of old, but it's all about Michael Jordan. Um, who is, you? both of you are pretty pretty, pretty much current on it. Is that correct? Fair to say? I'm four, epi- four or five episodes in. We, Brittany and I have been watching, Brittany, my wife, and I have been watching it together. We're still trying to get caught up. But I did see some of the buzz over last night's installment. Yeah, I'm I'm two episodes behind. I haven't seen last night's uh, via officially haven't seen them. I have consumed them via Twitter, which is basically the exact same thing, but louder. Oh, this is good because I've only seen the first episode and half of the second one. So tell me, what is the uh, what was Twitter yelling at you about last night? So I I've been because this is a sports stakes podcast. I've been going down Stephen A. Smith's Twitter feed and I haven't. There's so much to choose from, but it's all pretty much low-hanging fruit. He has these hilarious videos that he just recorded on his iPhone, and it's him in his pajamas just looking down on his screen. Very flattering angle. <laughs> and uh, he, he, well, the the takeaway, Stephen A. Smith's takeaway is around this. Oh, it's centered on it? Okay. Yeah. Let's see if I can pull it up. Read it for you guys. So here's the quote from Michael Jordan. So I pulled people along. Now, context, the context of this quote is that Michael Jordan was kind of a hard teammate to play with. Not because he yeah, was kind of a hard teammate is the right. nice way of putting it. Um, maybe been a little demanding, maybe a little harsh. So here's the quote from Michael Jordan. So I pulled people along when they didn't want to be pulled. I challenged people when they didn't want to be challenged. When people see this, they're going to say, well, he wasn't a nice guy. He may have been a tyrant. And he goes on to say, the reason why you say that is because I'm a winner and you're not. Oh, God. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, yes. And this is how it has to be, everybody. Remember, Tim Duncan and Steph Curry, famously outspoken, brash, and abusive leaders of teammates, oh, right? And they deuce used, chills galore. Yeah, man. I mean, they were just punching teammates wives and just kneecapping their children so they could lead their team to championships it's the way it has to be exactly i don't really understand the people that want their sports players to be a-holes 
just for the sake of being an a-hole. Well, like, I'm all about the like, hey, something you know, if a player was wronged or something, and then another player sticks up for him, that's different. But when you're, I don't, I don't know. What's weird about this is that some people are like, oh my gosh, that was that was kind of crazy. But there's a lot of people, Stephen A. Smith included who are like, you know what, I'm down with that. You know what, as long as the goal is winning and you are winning, I think these people should be as, you know, as pushy and demanding and insufferable as, you know, as they want to be. Yeah, I mean, you know, basically you can treat anyone like they're subhuman as long as you make a lot of money or win. Right. And, you know, if for sports, like, I'm okay with it because, like, let's be real about sports. The stakes are very low. My problem with this take is, I think there's a really bad tendency for people for to go ahead and make sports too personal. So they're going to hear this and think, oh, you know, what? I could be a total douchewad at work. And as long as, you know, it's about getting that paycheck or I don't know. Well, you know, and it's, it's, it's the permission to be a douche or a jerk because you're so good at a thing. Right. Which like, yes, you can be the kind of person who is so, so incredibly gifted and talented that you're kind of afforded this kind of like pass for being a douche or being a jerk. That doesn't make it a, a, an okay thing. I don't know. This is stupid. Stephen A. Smith. Yeah. I, like, I, like, I like when he laughs at Cowboys, and that's about it. When he, a selfie video of him laughing at the Cowboys is Oh, yeah. Great, he, but, was, he, was, uh, he took great joy. I saw recently in their signing of, uh, gosh, what's that guy's name? Andy Dalton. <laughs> the Bengals also took great joy in the Cowboys signing of Andy Dalton. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. The guy whose hair was the same color as that stupid helmet they wear. <laughs> the chosen true. one. Oh, he looked like Scott Farkas from Christmas Story. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, red hair, yellow eyes. He does. He, he did just kind of want to punch him. What's the deal? What's the deal with this basketball video game I heard about? Uh, yeah, so I we're we're looking at a Google Doc full of just talking points for for those of you who don't know. So what? Do you, how do you guys? Whoa, know? whoa! Don't give away the secrets. You gotta uh, cut that now. It's, it's our proprietary formula for success. You're right. You're right. I, I don't look at the man behind the curtain. Anyway, so one of the <laughs> which, in, which in the case of the Michael Jordan documentary is Michael Jordan. He had the final call on everything that was aired. Did he really? Yes. I mean, I find That's... that I find that easy to believe. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he's literally the man in front of and behind the curtain. As someone who got a journalism degree, I find that appalling for ESPN for a lot of different reasons. But you know, that's how movies are kind of being done right now anyway. I know the Elton John movie like him and his like Partner. husband basically had final say on everything in that movie. I was he was pretty brutally honest with him. So I will say I enjoyed the movie and there's some parts where <laughs> Elton's not great. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> oh. Like ODing on blow at a huge party in his backyard by the pool. It's like Youch. There's not what like if, a there's not like a nice okayed? way to do that. <laughs> what if he okayed that because he thinks it's great. Ooh. He's like, I gotta keep that in there, man. That was epic. I indeed at my nephew's I'm birthday. I'm real party. proud of that one. I'm they had to bring him back to life right next to the clown. That's <laughs> the clown. The road to authenticity has uh, has many paths. 
Anyway, so we're watching, as I'm watching this documentary, everything, every time I watch something, it's a multi-screen experience now. So I have to like Google all these people I don't know about. And one of these players that they're talking about in the, the years of the Pistons Bulls rivalry is Bill Lambeer, who's kind of famous for just knocking the crap out of people on the court. Like did you not little... did you not know who Bill Lambeer was before this? No, I mean um I knew him from NBA Jam, the video okay. game. I think you could attribute that to an age gap thing, probably. But I'm reading, yeah. I mean, I was I was born in ninety two, so that rivalry was from 91, 90 to 91, I think. Maybe a little yeah, bit further than 90s. Enough. Anyway, enough. so I'm reading about Bill Lambeer because I'm like, because, you know, the context is Michael Jordan really hates this guy and so does everybody else who's ever had to play against him because he would just, you know, square and punch you on the court, you know. Anyway, I'm reading about him and found out that he had his very own Super Nintendo video game. Really? At least in 1990. It's Bill Lambeer's Combat Basketball. This is not, to be clear, this is not the prequel to Shaq Fu. No. Okay. It does. It's not anywhere in the Shaq Fu universe? Uh, it's a different universe. Oh. Got it. I got it. So, so can I download like a ROM of this and play it on an emulator? There, I'm pretty sure. There's no way there's not a ROM out there. You right. can for sure find a ROM. Mm. Bring me that sweet combat basketball. Do you want to hear the uh, the uh, synopsis of the game? Yeah, give me uh, the pitch. Give me the pitch for this game. Okay. Hit me with it, if you will. All right. Imagine <laughs> you being a uh, being a being an executive of Nintendo, and someone walks into you and says, "All right, I got a sweet Bill Lambeer video game for you." You know, Bill Lambeer. Everyone loves Bill Lambeer. That tall dude that just you know elbows people in the face on the basketball court. Yeah, let's hear it. All right. So, let me get my bearings straight. I'm reading the description right now, the and game, I'm about to die. The game takes... I'll read it for the the, <laughs> the game takes place in the year 2031. Bill Lambeer has become commissioner of a basketball league, fired the referees, and created a style of play without rules. There are no fouls, and the use of weapons is perfectly legal. Um, it sounds like the best basketball league of all time. Why wasn't this a movie? <laughs> to say this was ahead of its time is an understatement. This sounds like some something out of 2002, 2003. Right. Like, we thought Blitz was cool. And That's what I was about to say. It's like, this sounds like a cooler Blitz. This is Blitz on cocaine. And it's like <laughs> it was probably, he was probably decades cocaine. earlier. Right. I mean, the cover art has basically, I mean... Just imagine the cover art looks judge... like Running Man dunking a basketball. <laughs> right. It's like Running Man versus Judge Dreads dunking basketball, you know, punching dudes in the face. I, I see that at reception, I got mixed reviews at best. Yeah. <laughs> I think some of the complaints were the graphics were maybe a little behind the times, which imagine this 1991, <laughs> there's probably just colors on a screen. I, I got to like, say, I'm it's in, a I'm little... I'm unhappy that I can't tell if I'm stabbing or shooting the other player. <laughs> it's One star. Un, it's a little unfair to expect Bill Lambeer to single-handedly revolutionize, you know, all of the economics and everything behind the entire NBA and provide good graphics, people. That's huh. a bit much. Mm. That's hilarious. I cannot yeah. believe that was real. Destructive items such as bombs frequently <laughs> appear on the court. <laughs> This is fantastic. Oh, man. 
what is the what is the actual NBA going to look like in 2031? It's not going to be cool as this. No, nothing will be. But how how cool the future is is never as cool as what it's promised, right? Like, no. think back to all the stuff that's like, oh, here's what 2020 is going to be like. Well, in reality, 2020 kind of sucks. Right. So, ain't, ain't nobody got flying cars. In fact, we're not even allowed to use our regular boring cars. Right. Do you think um, if you went to somebody in 1985 who just saw Back to the Future Part 2 and they said, okay, if you had to choose between one of these two things in the, in the year 2020, which would you choose? A flying car or a device that you fit in your pocket. It can hold as much information as you want. It can take photos, videos, stream, high-definition video, has all the music you would ever want to listen to, and it keeps you in touch with all of your friends and family instantaneously. Which one do you think they'd choose? I think they'd choose a flying car. I think I think if you include the real life caveat that they can only use their fancy special magic pocket computer to yell at strangers about politics, they would go with the flying car. Do, do you guys ever see a like? There's like an intersection of sports and politics where they don't really seem that different from each other. It's so called the- tribalism. Exactly. That was one of my thoughts when I when I heard people reacting to this Michael Jordan quote. It was like, yeah, we should win at all costs, you know, winner take all and losers lose. Works so, really well for a pluralistic society. Speaking of sports tribes, right? You very much get different sports tribes when it comes to age. Okay. And we've seen a lot of that with the Michael Jordan documentary mm-hmm. because if you listen to anybody that grew up watching Jordan as their favorite player and went on to play in the NBA or any of his contemporaries, if you listen to them talk about Michael Jordan, they will usually tell you just how many points they think Michael Jordan would score Mm. in, quote, today's NBA. Mm. Which, by the way, as soon as you hear someone loudly say, today's NBA, you know that they blame millennials for a lot of things because avocado toast, et cetera, right? So, I'd like to know. think that they're doing this because of the quarantine and that they're so bored, but I know better. They would do that anyway. Yeah. So a lot of them have already done so before many times and they're just doubling or tripling or quadrupling down on their previous nonsense. Well, let me hear and, some of the nonsense that you've. Uh... Yeah. So it's at the point where people have put together entire compilation videos of this, right? You can just watch a compilation of dudes just rolling through telling you how many points Michael Jordan's going to average. And some of these are very good basketball players. Andre Iguodala, you know, Jalen Rose, Ray Allen. These are guys that didn't play with Jordan or not like, you know, for most of Jordan's career, right? They might have overlapped a little bit, that kind of stuff. Or like Dennis Rodman, contemporaries. Should I play, uh, like, other... I'll play like 30 seconds so we get an idea of what you're talking about? I can play a second. <laughs> nah. Nah, because it's always the same thing. If somebody goes, the person interviewing them or hosting or whatever says, so how many points would Michael Jordan score if he played in today's NBA? And the answer is always, oh, 50 points, easy. Or no way he doesn't score at least 45. Mm-hmm. Or one guy said, oh, okay, Jordan's highest scoring season was 37. Oh, today's NBA, he would average at least 10 points more than that. So 47 points for his whole career. which is all 
complete nonsense because that's not how math works. It just doesn't work. <laughs> that Scott, way. They're not they're, they're not here for math. They're here for takes. Yeah, the problem is when your takes are numbers, somebody sometimes people that have graduated high school <laughs> can look at your takes and quickly confirm with or without a calculator that it's actually mostly nonsense. Can you explain that to my lizard brain in a way that makes sense? Because all I all I all I think about is just hot takes, but I don't I don't know what math is. Hot takes, gotta get them takes. Yeah. So the the thing with Jordan, right, is when he, you know, played through the '80s and the '90s, the NBA went through some different periods. Some periods of that, the NBA played very fast, scored a lot of points, a lot of possessions. Some later in his career, less points less possessions for everybody, right? Um, right. But what people love to do is they say, okay, well, one year he scored 37 points. And we all know that he played in a slower era. Mm-hmm. Well, no, his last years were a slower era. His earlier years when he scored 37 points, one year, it was a very fast era, right? So if you take his 37 points per game year and adjust it to the pace of the current play, it goes from 37 points a game or 37.1 points a game up to 37.2 points per game. And you're not it impressed. Was, it was exactly it was exactly <laughs> the same thing. I'm not impressed with pretending, <laughs> pretending 37.2 is the same as 50. Oh, well, you clearly think LeBron's better. So this, this is over. Look, people, people can have LeBron and Michael Jordan or Michael Jordan and LeBron as 1A and 1B in whatever the order they want, and I don't really care. It's pretty clear that those two guys are the two people that have some claim to the status of basketball GOAT, right? Mm-hmm. But saying that Michael would score 50 points per game, it's just not even possible, it, right? It does smack a little bit of the Uncle Rico and Napoleon Dynamite where he's talking about how he could throw a football clean over that mountain. Yeah, the problem with scoring 50 points in a game is Michael Jordan, for his career, made roughly half of his field goals, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, if you want to score 50 points, you have to average 50 shots. <laughs> they didn't make every NBA game come standard with six overtimes just because <laughs> the year's 2020, right? right? Michael Jordan, one time in his career, I think, averaged over 25 shots a game. How's he going to take 50 shots? It just doesn't work that way. Kobe, Kobe in his most chucking of shots, I'm the only person on this team, you're all dead to me, Kobe, got 27 shots like one season. Wow. Bill Ambeer, if you're listening to this, we want you to include six mandatory overtimes to every regulation NBA game in your in your league, of course. We also need that remade, HD remastered for Switch. Uh, Justin, jokes on you. I believe Bill Lambeer's combat basketball has no ending. <laughs> Man. Every game goes until eternity because war is eternal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow, that got deep. That got <laughs> deep. Well, to sort of wrap us up, um, I know Scott's got a real juicy, real juicy take for us to end on. Mm. Real, this guy was really going Ugh. for it. So we're going to end right. on that. But before I get to that, I wanted to share this very interesting, very quickly, this fresh shake. So I thought this was pretty fresh. I saw this pop up this week because this week was the anniversary, 18-year anniversary of the famous 
Allen Iverson press conference where he said the word practice, I believe 22 times, something, 20, in the 20s. I was really hoping that he had said it 18 times because this would be uh, like the practice. The golden, it'd be the golden yeah. anniversary of it. But um, if he said it 22 times, then just mark your calendars, right? 2024. It's coming. Oh baby, I'll have to look it up. Um, but I'll I'll play it real quick so that we can we can all remember. And because it is kind of funny, it's easy to sum it up when you just talk about practice. We sitting here, I supposed to be the franchise player, and we in here talking about practice. I mean, listen, we talking about practice, not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice, not a game. Not 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 the game that I go out there and, and die for and play every game like it's my last. Not the game. We're talking about practice, man. I mean, how silly is that, man? We're talking about practice. I know I'm supposed to be there. I know I'm supposed to lead by example. I know that. And I'm not I'm not shoving it aside, you know, like it don't mean anything. I know it's important. I do. I honestly do. But we're talking about practice, man. What are we talking about? Practice? We're talking about practice, man. We're talking about practice. We're talking about practice. We ain't talking about the game. What was he talking about? I I don't know what he was talking about. (laughs) But what's interesting, you know, everyone plays that. And, you know, it's really funny if you just watch it without any context or anything. Um, And it's popped up on several, like, countdowns of, like, press conference, like not worst press conference, but funniest press conference moments or something. But I saw this one guy um, uh, retweeted something because ESPN put out there um, that it was the 18 year anniversary on whatever day it it fell on. This guy retweeted and said, I wish that every time this clip is played or even talked about that context can be given to it. Like the fact that he was grieving for a friend who was murdered. And I didn't know that. I didn't know. Mm. Well, I was, I mean, I was still in high school, I think when this happened. And I didn't, to be honest, I didn't really watch the NBA, but this press conference definitely went as viral as you can get back in 2000, whatever, um, without YouTube or Twitter. Um, And so I did hear it, but it it, it actually is true. They had like a really great season the year before. I think they lost in the finals, him and the 76ers. And then to start the next season, his best friend is murdered. And towards the end of that season, they're obviously going to, they're having kind of a bad season, and I think they lose in the first round. I, I think they they make the playoffs, but it's just not a great season. <clears throat> and after he does his little practice rant, he talks about in that same press conference about how people don't really know um, what he's going through um, and how, how he did have this, his best friend um, is gone and that he was grieving. And unfortunately, I think that over the years, especially back then when it was happening, that whole rant was used as a, as a, as a way to kind of <clears throat> paint him as lazy or paint him as not committed. Which you know, Allen Iverson, he was really, really brilliant. But he did. It was easy to paint him that way. He made it really easy. And unfortunately, this time, this mo- one of his most famous moments, I think, is I don't know you know, I think it's taken out of context and I don't know. I saw that and I was like, that's a pretty good take. You know, I, I like, I, yeah. I mean, I think what we do with 
professional athletes is that we either put them on the pedestal, we give them like the Michael Jordan, Tom Brady treatment, where these are, you know, demigods, let us revere them. They're so great. Don't question their greatness ever. Or we just say, oh, these, or we treat them either like peons or even villains, you know? Yeah, they made a, a, a documentary about it um, in 2014. And Scoop Jackson says that, it said, and I'm reading from an ESPN article. I don't know what I, what was put out first, the the tweet or the article. I didn't really compare, but it's very ESPN to like have an intern write an article about it and be like, well, we wrote an article about it. Hmm. <laughs> it's like in response to some Twitter hate. So I, I didn't really research what came out first. But in this article, it says that Scoop Jackson was quoted in the film. Nobody looks at the whole comment Alan made. He was talking about his boy dying. The media would not pay play the full track. Um, and that's the end of the quote. And he says, in truth, minutes after he jokes about practice, he became more serious and vulnerable and talks about how he lost his best friend. And I don't know. It's just now every time I see that clip, I'm going to feel bad. See, I just ruined that clip for anyone who's listening to it. See, I, when I was a kid, I remember people really disliking Dennis Rodman. We watched in my family. We had the, the those 98 Bulls games on. I wasn't like old enough to really care you know about it, but i knew it was going on but i but i do remember people talk about how disgusted they were with dennis rodman because of his hair and his body piercings you know and i don't remember anyone talking then back then about you know his his struggles with depression you know mental health issues yeah yeah that's something i, I really enjoyed the dennis rodman episode of uh, the last dance probably my favorite one so far because it talks about you know this whole bad boy thing he did was a way to you know for him to get out of his you know depression mm-hmm. that's true that's good well good. i want good good takes are now legal again uh, every time you read a Twitter good of i know places. right every now and again you see a, a good sensible take on a thing and you're like i still want to delete twitter off the face of the earth but man at least i read something good all right scott take us home all right so as we all sit here amongst the ashes of our fallen society, uh, coronavirus 2020 RIP, uh, the Washington Post brought us the best worst article of all time. Ugh. The pandemic has reminded us we don't need more sports in our lives. Ugh. We need less. Oh, my and gosh. Oh, my. Oh, man. It's not real. Brought to us by someone of the name Norman Chad, not to be confused with Chad Norman, it's Norman Chad, mm-hmm. and it is just an incredibly fitting name. Uh, I thought it might have been a joke. He does some comedy writing. If it, this was a joke or satire or something, then it's phenomenally well done, but alas, I'm pretty sure it's not. But he said, we don't need more sports. Go read a book or something. <laughs> so it wasn't like ironic. It wasn't like an ironic. No, I don't think so. I wanted it to be ironic because it just, you know, after reading it, it looked like it would have. It's a masterpiece if it's ironic, at which point all mm. hail Norman Chad, the only good Chad. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure he just. Said, he's, get off my lawn and go read a book instead. Yeah, he's putting another dumb. check mark by that Chad name. Yeah, because <laughs> books existed before the pandemic, so we could have chosen to read a book beforehand. Right? So, I don't know. Doesn't make no sense. 
mean, he has two first names, and the first name that's his last name is one of the worst first names that's ever been invented. <laughs> so I could see <laughs> the guy probably. Like, he just, I could see why he could be Norman Sad. You know, it's like I'm sad that there's so much sports going on. It makes people happy, and I don't want people to be happy. I want people to be sad. I want a bunch of sad chads. We could read our sad chad books. I don't really know how I feel about that voice. In the second paragraph of his article, I mean, this is a national, I mean, I know it's Washington, but this is a national newspaper. Second paragraph of his article, he's calling out Alabamians and Georgians for seeing the uh, coronavirus pandemic as the quote, don't even think of messing with the SEC football schedule, end quote, pandemic. And, and look, on that point, he's right. <laughs> Hey, yeah, but I mean, I feel like all he wants to do is just dunk on on dumb sports fans. Uh, Speaking of phenomenal satire takes, though, I believe it's Wes Blankenship. Is that the guy? You know who I'm talking about? Yeah, he's who is hilarious. Does the fake like uh, high school, you know, South Georgia announcers, Mm -hmm. Coffee Town High, the Mm -hmm. uh, the Chugs Brothers, I do believe. Uh, His (laughs) go-to slogan that he brought us was. Y'all make sure to wear your masks in the spring so our boys can wear theirs in the fall. Oh, <laughs> it's so good. And and I don't even know if it's just a matter of time before actual high schools in rural Georgia adopt that or if maybe that already existed and he just didn't know it and like happened to, you know, be be using it because it's just a question of whether it already was out there or I whether it's going to be I could see a soon. country Baptist pastor just getting up there and like, now. Nah. It's now it's gonna be on church signs. Close church Y'all signs remember, days now. Y'all remember to wear your masks right now in the spring, so our boys could wear their masks in the fall. Roll tab. Oh down. yeah, guaranteed. <laughs> wow. All right, guys. Well, well thanks for uh, taking a maiden voyage with us. Um, we wish everyone a happy Corona. And as they say in French, qui mange de la takes. Exactly. Bonjour and au revoir. Ribadero cheese.